I'm going to ask that you be a little bit more specific in your prayers. Um, it's raining right now at Lake Oconee. So, my brother sent me a text, and while well, I'm happy for my brother, Fulton County, Cobb County, what other counties? So we want you to get to get it in your county too. So keep that up. Had the privilege, pleasure, honor of doing a funeral Friday, Veterans Day for a veteran. Buck Douglas ran away from home when he was 16 years old in 1944 and forged his father's name so that he could join the war. When I was 16 years old, I was not ready to run away from home to join any kind of an effort. There are generations that have gone before us that have done so much, and we should be so very thankful. We're going to recognize our veterans today, but before we do that, I want you to see this. Three teens were arrested today for defacing the Kensington Park War Memorial overnight. The destruction includes painted messages against the military and the war in the Middle East. The three teens were picked up nearly Some people sure have short memories, and those who are too young to know need to be taught. Come on, I, I want to show you guys something.
I would ask if our veterans would stand so we can honor you. So what's he talking about here? 
What kind of salvation is this? To understand it, 1 Thessalonians 5.8 sheds some light. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. What's that mean? That I hope I'm saved? No, you can be certain of your salvation. That's not what it's talking about at all. He's talking about salvation in its future aspect. As I understand it, and I think this is what Scripture teaches, there are three aspects of salvation. Past, present, and future. To the past. David Beasley, what year was it when you and I uh, were baptized and walked the aisle here? 1970, 69, 70. So David and I can look at our past. And some of you know the exact date better than David and I do. You can look at the exact date. Anybody remember the exact day? Some of you do. That's awesome. Good for you. You are better than David Beasley and I. And you can look back at that day. And you can say, that's the day that I came to Christ. I remember the day. I just don't know the date. But that's when I came to Christ. So that's our past salvation. Uh, so the time you believed in the Lord Jesus, you were saved from the penalty of sin. That's what happened. And that's called the doctrine of justification. You were saved from the penalty of sin. So that's the big word, justification. That's what happened that day. But aren't we continually saved every day from that day forward? Aren't we continually saved from the power of sin? That once we gained our salvation, we're now free not to sin, not to give in to the power of sin. Uh, that's the current phase we're in, if we're breathing. And that's sanctification. So we've had justification, we were forgiven for our sins. We have sanctification, which helps us every day to resist sin. And there's a third phase of salvation, that's when we're going to be free from the presence of sin. And that speaks of glorification. That happens when we leave this kingdom and go to God's kingdom. So justification, sanctification, glorification, past, present, and future. So this term that Paul is talking about, the helmet of salvation, is talking about all three of these. So you've been saved, you're being saved, and you will be saved. That's what is going on. Romans 13, 11 says this to help us understand. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. What's that talking about? Salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. We had salvation then. Well, this is the glorification. This is uh, the final phase. So when we put on the helmet, we're talking about a confidence that we have been saved, that we are being saved, and that we will be saved. And that's quite a help to put on. It's very, very necessary. Think about this. If you're not sure if you're saved, or if you think you can lose your salvation, or if you're not sure there's a future salvation, you are very ill-equipped to engage in battle, aren't you? You're not going to be much of a soldier. If you're not sure you can win, you'll very likely turn into some kind of a coward who flees from any kind of threat at all. But if you fight the evil knowing 
that the ultimate victory is God's, it makes a huge difference. Put it into this perspective because we've all seen this. You ever dealt with somebody that's given a prognosis by the doctor? And they might say, well, you're not going to make it. And have you ever seen somebody give in to that saying, okay, and they just turn it off like that? Or have you seen somebody fight it and live and live and live and the doctor dies and they're still living? Have you seen that? <laughs> I have seen that. I've seen people give up, haven't you? And then I've seen people refuse to give up. The mindset is so very, very important. But Scripture teaches us when we put on the helmet of salvation, we can't lose. That's the promise of Scripture. The 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians is about death. It's about the death of a believer. And when we get towards the end of it, verse 57 says this, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the third part. That's the glorification. That's heaven. And that's the older we get, the more we look forward to that completion of our salvation. When we have that promise of invincibility, it changes the way that we're going to approach battle. But discouraged people, people think that the devil might be so very powerful that he can usurp God. They think he can mess up everything. They think they can lose their salvation. Well, they're not going to have the confidence to fight. But when you put on the helmet of salvation, you will. Paul had on his helmet when he wrote these words in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 to 10. Paul said about his life, which was tough. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. What Paul is saying here is that we can take it all because we know what's ahead of us. You can get through anything when you put on the helmet of salvation because you know what's ahead of you. And then Paul sums it up in verses 16 through 18 of chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. Do you know when we have the most trouble? Is when we focus on this world and what we can see. And it freaks us out, and it bothers us, and we fret and we worry. And God said, you know, there's something else you need to look at. What cannot be seen, what cannot be seen is eternal. And so the helmet of salvation is absolute confidence in God and His promises. And here are a couple of promises about you if you are a Christian. John 6, 37 says, Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. So he's got you. John 10, 27 to 29. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. 
I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them from my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. You have security. If you know scripture, you know I have to go to Romans 8 now. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 31 about your security and my security. When we put on the helmet and have our mind in the right way. What shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son but gave him for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died. Yes, he was raised. Who is at the right hand of God who intercedes, indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we have been killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we put on that helmet, and when we have no doubt about our salvation of the past, and of today, and of tomorrow, we're going to be fine. The world needs the helmet of salvation, don't they? But the church needs it as well. So we can be encouraged no matter how bad our team gets beat or no matter what the prognosis of the doctor is, we can be encouraged. When I was ordained into the ministry in 1983 in Aberdeen, Mississippi, I went through the Inquisition. They call this the Ordination Council. If you're a deacon or have been ordained into the ministry, you've gone through Ordination Council. And sometimes they're just an easy thing. And sometimes they try to trip you up. And mine was somewhere between the two. So I went through the Inquisition at the age of 23. And the, uh, one of the questions I'll never forget, and I remember who asked me to, was this. David, if you ever decide to leave the ministry... Will you bring your ordination papers back to First Baptist Church of Aberdeen, Mississippi? And I thought that was a strange question. And I remember looking at Mr. Reddick and I said, you know, this isn't a fad I'm going through. This isn't something that I'm just going to try for a while. I gave my life to Christ and I'm not going to quit. Fortunately, I've been prepared. Fortunately, I've been prepared in this place. Well, from people like Linda and Johnny Gresham, who put up with us as we were youth. Or Bill and Kay Hall, who put up with us when we were youth. The teachers I've had, many of them already in glory. I was equipped. I was prepared. So were you. Put on the helmet of salvation. And no matter what comes your way, we will see the most important the kingdom that cannot be shaken. The things we cannot see, but we know we're there. Let's pray together.